This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, here I am for a uh, two-hour radio show talking about cars, the car business, trucks, the truck business, SUVs and the SUVs, electric cars and the electric car business. It used to just be known as the automotive industry, but not anymore. It's... I don't know what it is anymore. It's very confusing is what it is. But uh, BJ Colleen is first up on the docket. And BJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us here. Thank you, Mr. Allen. How are you today? I am doing well. I'm a little bit excited. I'm trying to hold it back because I got a phone call. My Jeep, my new Jeep Gladiator is finally here. It's, Yay. it's been in the making for like seven months and it is finally here. Now, I asked BJ before the show started, I go, what are we going to talk about? And she says to me, well, which colors depreciate the most? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I never even thought about that. Well, maybe I should have asked BJ because I've already picked out my color. And maybe I picked out a color that is going to depreciate faster. Oh, no. So now I've got anxiety. I hope that I didn't pick out a color that was bad. What color did no, you pick? No, I'm going to wait. I I can't change no, it, so you know if I'm lying. No. All right. I got white. Okay. Well, white is the color everybody loves, so it didn't oh. depreciate that much, so don't worry about it. White, black, brown, gray, gold, you know, the basic really dull, boring colors. Yeah. Those are the ones that are fine. Wow. Those are the ones that don't appreciate the most. So. Really? Wow. I mean, when you said brown, I haven't even seen a brown car since like 1972. Yeah, I had, my Pinto runabout was brown. I loved it. It was a metallic brown. and little pinstripes on it. I thought I was bad. No, you, you know, know what? what? When I was driving I, around. I'm lying because in 1992, when I was 30 years old, I bought myself my very first brand new car. And it was root beer brown. Do you want to guess what it is or can you remember? Because I've said this before. I can't remember. My brain's gone. Now, what was it? But as much of a car guy as I am, you know what I'm saying? And I've owned everything. But I finally, when I was 30 years old, I bought a brand new car. I wasn't, was I married? No, no, I'm sorry. I lied. In 92, it was 82. I was 21. And no, it was 1981. It was a, it was an 82 model. Oh, my God. I'm having dyslexia here. Um <laughs> It was 1981, and I bought an 82 model, and it was root beer brown. It was a Honda Accord LX. I don't think I knew that. Is that weird or what? People are like, well, what was your first new car? Mine was a Honda Accord LX, root beer brown, and I put some little inky wheels on it, which is a brand, NK. NK, yeah, yeah. right, right. And, uh, I, and I put gold <laughs> wheels and it really looked good. If you remember, 82, 1982 was the first year where they made a little new square body style. And uh, I bought that car and I had it for about uh, six months. And some girl comes up to me and she goes, I love your car. And I went, oh, thanks. Yeah, I got it up the street at Jim Siegel Chevrolet and Honda. And uh, she goes, oh, well, no, but... I would like to buy your car. This only happens to me in my life. It does. That's never happened to me in my life. And I've, I've done it more than once. That's the weird thing. So, 
And it happened the last time it happened with my Jeep. I sold my Jeep to a guy six months after I bought it for the same thing I paid for. <laughs> so I said to the girl, I said, well, look, I got a pretty good deal. It was seventy nine ninety five, Brand new Honda Accord, seventy nine ninety five, And then I said I paid, I don't know what it was, maybe four or 500 bucks for the wheels. And she goes, I would like to buy your car from you. And I'm like, okay. So you know what I did? I sold it to her. Then my next car. Now, I was just weird because I said, I haven't seen a brown car in years. The next car I bought was brand new also. It was a Chevrolet three-quarter ton diesel pickup truck, and it was root beer brown again with tan stripe. <laughs> you know, I had two brown cars. This a Jeep, the brand new big giant Jeep Grand Wagoneer. I think it's got a nice brown, like a root beer brown color on it too. It could be So true. brown's brown's coming back. But wow. you tell me what you think is the color that has the worst depreciation. Oh, my gosh. Pink. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody makes a pink car except for Mary Kay, right. but I haven't seen it. It's not on the list. Right. So what's next besides pink? What color car would you never want to own? Oh, my gosh. Bright green. Green is up there, but it's actually yellow is number one. Really? So, wow. Yeah. You don't, you don't see a couple. Of, you know, maybe Dodge makes yellow cars. You know, that's about it. But yeah. you don't see too many yellow cars. Wow. And then orange, purple, red, green, blue, gray. Beige silver, so that pretty much rounds it out. So. so I'm glad that I didn't get a bad color, but it's it just kind of blew my mind that I've owned two brown cars. My the first two vehicles I bought brand new were both brown. It's so bizarre. I don't know why. I'm weird. I'll be right back. I'll take a break. I got a brown car. Who buys a brown car? Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car, not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. So we're talking to BJ Colleen. It is the drive. And she's talking about here what cars, what colors of cars depreciate the most. And I'm still blown away that I bought brown cars. Brown! But I, I guess when you're young, I, I happen to be a big fan of root beer. I love root beer. So I got root beer brown cars. But I bought a white Jeep Rubicon Gladiator, which is the pickup truck. And BJ Colleen joining us. BJ, I regretted buying the white after it was like three months in because I saw that battleship gray. And then I saw like 15 battleship gray ones. And I was like, all right, everybody's buying battleship gray. Anyway, so I guess I'll just... Well, well white white is, is a bizarre color. Number one, I've learned to hate white because uh, being married to an ex-photographer, white is just like, you don't see any of the lines on the car. Same yeah, with black. But yeah. you getting a bright car with as much dirt and stuff as you're collecting on the farm, I, 
I don't know. I think you'd be better off with a brown car at that point. <laughs> I know. I So it's funny because everybody's calling me like Farmer Allen now because I've always <laughs> had three and a half acres at my house. I'm just putting cows and llama and alpaca and animals on it now because it's like I got nothing to do. My kids, I'm an empty nester. They got no kids. You know, how you don't have a relationship with your spouse at that point. We've been together 40 years. I would rather go out and hang out with my pigs and my cow. No, I'm joking. We actually are friends. Um, but anyway, we have a good time. Um, but yes, I do have, she says to me, you, you need to buy some cowboy boots. I go, nah, I just wear a tennis shoe. I've, I've literally stepped in more cow crap in the last three months of my life than I have in the entire 60 some odd years before that. So uh, uh, you'll be buying boots soon. Yeah, I have them, I, I but they're not as comfortable as old worn in tennis shoes. All right, let's talk about Barrett Jackson, which is coming up here. Yep, Barrett Jackson is coming to Las Vegas uh, end of the month, which is rapidly coming up fast. And it's going to be interesting. They usually had it in Mandalay Bay, but now that the convention center here right. has opened the giant West Hall, that's where they're going to have it this yep. year. So I went last year, it was beautiful. It was just absolutely beautiful, that new yep. side yep, of the, the convention center. Yeah. So, yep, yep. Um, Are you coming, by the way? I don't know. I don't know. I, You know, I, I don't have anything going on there. Normally, I'm running a stage or doing something for Barrett Jackson. But, uh, I, you know, they didn't they just they didn't have anything for me to do this time. I'm like, all right, cool. Summertime. So uh, my son got my jet ski out and he says, Dad, you're never going to use that thing. And I said, it's only because I'm 50 pounds overweight. Leave me alone. So I, I lost a pound, maybe two. You know, I'm, I'm on my way. I got 48 pounds to go. <laughs> but I, I may try and ride my jet ski this summer. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, what's, right. what's good at, at Barrett-Jackson that you're uh, seeing on okay, the list? Okay, so they're going to have about 650 vehicles on the docket. Ooh. There are 275 pieces of automobilia, you know, which they just – it's just some of the coolest stuff you've ever seen. So right. they'll be auctioning that off as well. But the big, big one that they're going to be doing is the first – 2023 Cadillac Escalade V, VIN number 001. And that's obviously going to come up on Saturday night. It's lot wow. number 3000. But that's the one that's going to be pretty popular because this is the, you know, the Cadillac, the V for Cadillac, I think everybody knows, is their performance arm. Right. And this is the first time they're doing their big SUV with the V. And it's going to have a hand built 6.2 liter V8 engine. 682 horsepower, 653 mm. pound-feet of torque. Yeah. This crazy SUV does 0 to 60 in 4.4 seconds. It's like absolutely absurd. And they're, they're like 150 grand if you can find one. And oh, my, yeah. my guess is this will bring five, six, seven hundred thousand bucks because it's usually for charity. Yes, and that's what it is. It's actually for the uh, Pensole Lewis College of Business and Design in Michigan. And so they'll be donating 100% of the profits, which is nice. They're not keeping anything. It's all going to be 100%. But what's nice is, you know, it's got it's got amazing stuff inside. There's a curved OLED cluster with 38 inches of total diagonal display. Right. It's got twice the pixel density of a 4K TV. They've got an AKG studio reference 36-speaker audio system with microphones for amplification. And the winning bidder... We'll have the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Edwards from the audio system to design a pair of custom speakers that will be manufactured as a one-of-one one run. Wow. So, you know, you said five to 600000 It might even go a little bit higher. Yeah, you never know. Because of all the things. So like you just million, don't know. But there's going to be a bunch of other cars. They've got, um, they've got 45 cars from the Southern California collection, no reserve. They've got a 63 split-window vet, which is pretty much, you know, my, one of my favorite vehicles. 
and uh, lots of other things too. Right on. Barrett Jackson, barrett-jackson.com. Check it out. It'll be at the Las Vegas Convention Center, the new hall, uh, the end of June. So uh, get out there. Have some fun. It's Vegas. We'll be right back with more BJ Colleen. This is The Drive. There were drums in the air as she started to dance. Every soul in the room keeping time with her. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. You know what? I don't do test drive stuff that often. I like to have somebody on that is driving the same vehicle and um, But I think this is going to be a hard one, BJ. BJ Colleen joining us. I am driving a car that they don't really sell that many more of anymore, I should say. They don't sell that many more. Let me say that again. They don't sell <laughs> many of these anymore. That's what I was trying to say. Anyway, the John Cooper Works Mini Cooper 2022 two-door. I really like the car, I got to tell you. And I don't know whether it's because it's got the iconic trim, which is $7,000. What? Yes, it's a $7,000 trim package. And it has dynamic damper control, heated steering wheel, eight-speed sport automatic transmission, power folding mirrors. It's got a lot. You know, it's the fancy package. Roof in the body color, which is interesting because, you know, they'll do those different colors. Panoramic yep. moonroof, heated front seats, dual zone climate control, Harman and Carden premium sound system, performance summer tires, $7,000 package. And it already so what's had. the total price? Well, please. $40,750 for a Mini Cooper. Yeah, I know. But, you know, remember, it's owned by BMW. It basically is just a little BMW that is, you know, is, but it's, it's as Corky Coker, my friend would say, it's cooler than dang it. And I, I went on some twisty roads last night. Holy mackerel. It literally, I don't, it's like, it's the only vehicle I've driven that makes me feel like I'm like 14 again because it reminds me of when I had my go-kart before I was driving and I would drive and I would terrorize the neighborhood in, in my you know 60 mile an hour go-kart <laughs> and this thing feels like a go-kart so handling and all the rest of it is absolutely fantastic but you know you got to be ready to spend forty thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars for well, this well, package this is the John works one so yes. I mean John Cooper, the Cooper one, Cooper right, Works one. Right. So that means it's going to have more performance, so it's going to be a lot more fun to drive, but again, yeah. it's also going to be more expensive. Too, By the so. way, it's got a two-liter mini twin-power turbo, which must be, 
that's got to be that uh, that uh, what do they call that that dual turbo? What are they? There's a name for it. Oh yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I know what you're where it's kind of like word. a two stage yeah. turbo thing. Right, right. Two hundred and twenty eight right. horsepower, two hundred and thirty six pound feet of torque. That's um, a lot for a small car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, and I showed it. When John Cooper works, I showed it on uh, with Regis and Kelly years ago, before Regis passed away. When John Cooper works came out with, and they broke 200 horsepower. It was like 200 horsepower. Oh my gosh! And this little car. But anything anymore is just you know horsepower coming out the yin yang. Anyway, well, but the, you know. there aren't that many small British sports cars around anymore either. You know, this is like the last of them, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what else is out there that that's British? There really well, is nothing. I again, mean, it's, it's not really British. It's German. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Well, I but can't. The, you the know family what? Family history is British. Yeah, it really is kind of British because the 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 mini factory that I went to is in England. But it's owned by BMW, so I don't know. How, do you call that British or do you call that German? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. You don't want to insult anybody, so yeah. I have, I'm just calling Mini. But uh, yeah. remember when we went to Ireland and drove the actual yeah. little Minis? Yeah. What was that, 10, 20 years ago? 20, like yeah. forever ago. It was 2002, 20 years ago. By the way. Oh, um, man. Yeah. This is a very nice car. I have no negatives for it at all. It just is a fun car. But it's, you know, it's... 40750 bucks. But anyway, it's a very nice car. All right. I know you well, had well, some sad yeah, news. But what, what, one question, though, before yes. we get on. Yeah. Are the window switches still down low in the center console? That's yeah. the one thing that makes me crazy. I like I that. Hate- I actually, yeah, the little toggle switches. I like that. That's, you know, that's kind of part of the, the panache of the cars. It's weird. It's just got yeah, all kinds of weird, so. quirky little things, you know. <laughs> anyway, what You're was right. the news? You got about a minute and a half to tell us some bad news. That's all I'm allotting for that. Oh, okay. It's, uh, I know we never like about sad news, but Bruton Smith just passed away. He was 95 years old. And wow. if you don't know the name, you know the legacy. He actually created Speedway Motorsports, and which became the first motorsports company to trade on the New York Stock Exchange in 1995. And Bruton Smith was actually, he started Charlotte Motor Speedway, built it with another partner, with Curtis Turner. But when he got it back himself, he just turned it into something where it was above and beyond anything else. I don't know if you've ever been to Charlotte Speedway, but they have a big old place where you have apartments that you can rent and, and no, hotels no. you can stay at. But he also, and I didn't know this, he owns Atlanta Motor Speedway, Bristol, wow. Dover, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I didn't know he owned <laughs> wow. that. Nashville, New Hampshire, Sonoma, and Texas Motor Speedway. So it's amazing what he accomplished. Plus, he, he started Sonic Motors. And if you ever bought a car from Sonic, you know, that was part of his legacy also. So the man who came, started with nothing and one of nine kids that were dirt poor his whole life, basically turned into an amazing human being that wow. uh, helped advance NASCAR racing all over the place and has given more than $61 million to charities <sighs> over his lifetime. Wow. So we'll rest in peace, buddy. That's for sure. He was a good guy. There you go. Well, he's got to be the better part of a billionaire with all those racetracks you named off. Yep. Uh, and you know what? 95, my dad passed on at 93. That's a long life. It is. God it's rest his soul. He brought us a lot of joy through all these racetracks that he helped uh, put together. Well, thank you, BJ. It's always fun. Always fun. Always. Thank all you, right. Alan. Take a little break. Come back, and there is more of The Drive right after this. Stay with us. The 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, our next guest is my friend Lauren Fix, F-I-X. That's her name, and she can fix your problems when it comes to... uh, well, what you think about what's going on in the automotive world, I can tell you right now, she will straighten you out. She is also the car coach, and her website is carcoachreports.com. You can find her on all sorts of social media, at Lauren Fix. Real easy, L-A-U-R-E-N, Lauren Fix. Um, Lauren, what the heck, what have you been doing? Oh, my God, I've been so busy traveling, looking at new cars and test driving, not to buy, to at least review cars like you, you know, do, you know. and uh, the, looking at what's going on in the world and how it impacts your listeners, you and I, every day, and certain things just set me on a whole new high. <laughs> or a new low. <laughs> or a new low. In yes. this case, it's probably high when it comes to gas prices, low when it oh, comes to yeah. relief at the pump. There you go. Well, you know what? I uh, I had a Jeep Gladiator. I, you probably remember I got a 2021. Yeah. And as much as I love it, I, I really did love it. I, I thought, man, this is fantastic. But it only got like 15 miles to the gallon, maybe 16, maybe 17. But with a big fat lead foot like I have, I just, you know, I, I, I put a, a Borla exhaust on it. So I liked the way it sounded. So I was always getting on it, you know. And and I'm like 15 miles a gallon, 14 miles to the gallon. I'm like, oh, this is, it's really kind of a compact vehicle. So my sister, she fell in love with uh-huh. mine too. She goes, I want to get a diesel. So she got a diesel. She's always mocking me. She goes, I got 29 miles to the gallon. What'd you get? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, shut up. You know? But uh, so then her husband got one. And he calls me. He goes, oh, you know, I'm getting 30 miles to the gallon on this. Thing. I'm like, what? Jeez. So they make them in diesel. And I don't know how long mm-hmm. they're going to make them in diesel. So a friend of mine goes, hey, how do you like that Gladiator? I said, I love it. And he goes, yeah, I'm thinking about getting one, but you just can't find them, man. They're, you know, they're all sold out. I'm like, yeah, exactly, because they're awesome. You want to buy mine? Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> what do you mean? I go, well, I'll sell it. If you want it, I, you know, it's only got 7,000 miles on it. I'll sell it to you for what I paid for it if you really want it, because they're, they're going up, you know. So he bought it, right? Good. And That's a good way to get out of a car and get a new one. It's taken me six months, Lauren, but my new Jeep with a diesel in it is here. So I have to uh, I have to go pick it up, but that's what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to go pick up my new Jeep, and Very I cool. I cannot wait. But the problem is, since I bought it six months ago, and the time that I have it now, diesel has gone up like two bucks a gallon. You know, it doesn't make a difference. I have a diesel Cayenne, and yeah. I love it. Yeah, and I've had it since 2016, and I, I, you even offered to buy it. I just don't want to sell it. The problem is you can't <laughs> find them. I know used. I mean, if I could find a used diesel Cayenne, I'd get one for my husband. So he just, he drives his truck, which is also diesel. And you know what the thing is with diesel is it's longer time between fill-ups. I get 800 miles on a tank. Beautiful. 
Beautiful. So, I mean, and you get 38 miles to get, I get 38 miles to get on my car if I granny it and if I drive the way I usually drive. Yeah, you granny it. I uh-huh. get 32, yeah. but I'll take it. I see you grannying nothing. All right, now, what are we going to talk about in the next <laughs> segment? Because i got to take a commercial break. What are we going to talk about? All right. Well, what I want to talk about is gas prices. Now, we all know they're going higher. I don't care where you live in the country. Everybody's over five bucks a gallon, and everybody's ticked off about it. So uh, President Biden wants to give you a gas tax, but is that a gimmick, or are you really going to save a few bucks? Ay, 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 ay. So, um, all right, well, I think it's a gimmick, but uh, let me take a little break, and we'll come back and talk all about this stuff. And I know you've got something about uh, electric cars catching on fire. I want to know about that. Uh, This is The Drive all across America. Lauren Fix, uh, you can find her again at carcoachreports.com. Me, thedrivewithalantaylor.com. We'll be right back. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, I will tell you that uh, I am pretty confused lately about uh, the price of gasoline and the garbage you hear on the news. And it's very frustrating because every time I hear the president talking about gas, it's somebody else's fault. And now there's some new gas holiday gimmick or some garbage. Lauren Fix did a whole story about it yesterday on her uh, carcoachreports.com and I thought we should talk about this on the radio. So what do you think about this gas holiday thing? We talked about it briefly. Well, it always sounds great. I'm going to give you money back or I'm not going to charge you money. Of course, everyone goes awesome. But you know, it's really interesting. Both the Democrats and the Republicans are against it. So why? If, if the president's saying I'm going to take away that 18.4 cents a gallon for gasoline and 24 cents a gallon for diesel, that that works, right? 24.4 cents off of each gallon? I mean, you start doing the numbers in your head. But this is the interesting part. So it is a gimmick. So the federal officials are trying to relieve, you know, the prices for everybody. And I give them credit for trying, although it's probably not the greatest choice. But taking that... cents, just gasoline alone. The problem is that little bit of money, that federal tax, 18.4 cents on gas and 24.4 on diesel, is money that goes to the infrastructure, to the roads, the bridges, the potholes, the road signs. So, well, if you're taking that out, that's $10 billion if you do the math over three months. $10 billion. Well, first off, well, how are you going to make up that money? Well, you know they're going to tax us another way. They're not going to suddenly go, oh, don't worry about it. We'll come up with $10 billion out of our, you know, we'll just print Slush it. Slush fund, we'll hope yeah. they don't print it because they've already weakened the dollar. So that's one thing. So you know they're going to start charging by the mile tax. They're going to jack up taxes another way to make up for it. If it passes, remember, this has to clear Congress. But even with those two discounts, it will not 
or whatever, take, taking away the taxes, it will not bring gasoline below $4 a gallon. Well, that's the big thing. So Congress on both sides is likely not to agree. They're going to reject this White House effort. Please. And, you know, to, yeah. to back, it's probably not going to happen. But it is a gimmick because even Obama said it was a gimmick. I mean, a lot of people have said it's a gimmick. Trump knows it's a gimmick. I mean, every, every past president knows it's a gimmick and it's never worked. But the big question is, you know, why are they trying to do this? Because it's a band-aid. If you're, oh, we'll lower prices for three months, and then around September, around the midterms, people say, wow, you lowered gas prices, but that's not what's going to happen. You'll yeah. put a bandage on it for three months. It'll come back up to the higher price, most likely higher than where it was. But, you know, this is things people don't think about. But I think what's important to note is what's in a gallon of gas, right? So when you look at whatever price it is, $5 a gallon, whatever it is you're paying, 12% of that is taxes. That's your state and your Fed. And every state's got a different one. I know you're all over the country, all over the world. Right. You can listen to Alan Taylor. So your tax is different everywhere. 11% of that is for distribution and marketing. 17% of that is refining, which is more expensive, a higher percentage now than it was. And 60% of that is the cost of crude oil, which is over $100 a barrel. So how is that going to help? So I'm, let me give you the numbers. This is really interesting. So if the Fed does pass this and they say, yes, we're going to do the 18.4 cents released off of gasoline, 24 off of, off of diesel, here's the numbers. This is what I always love to do the numbers. So the average size compact SUV like a RAV4 non-hybrid would save over a three-month period. Buckle up. You ready? Yep. $23. $23 over three. Wait, it gets better. I got a Honda Civic. Yeah. I'm going to save $19.10 over three months. Oh. And if you've got an F-150 diesel, you'll save $35.50 over three months, which isn't too bad, but it's really less like 10 bucks a month. So I understand every dollar counts to everybody. But once that tax holiday ends, you know prices are going to go flying back up. And who's to say that the prices are going to drop from where they are today? Because it yeah. oscillates based on what's on the market. I can tell so you. So you could actually be paying a lot more. This is a bait and switch. Yep. It's, it's, you got yeah, it. Yeah. They'll come back and they'll, they'll have another reason and they'll have some fancy set of words that justifies it. Mm -hmm. And you'll go, I don't even know what that means, but oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's 180 so. pages and you have an hour to read it before we vote on it. Oh. I love when they do that to these guys and they're like, well, no one can read that fast. Okay. So get all my staffers read oh, it. Oh my God. All right. Get, give it. me uh yeah, that. So, Thanks for taking my weekend down the tubes. I'm without. sorry. Well, you remember the answer to the question is, is this a gimmick? Yes, it's a gimmick. And they may have had good intentions, but the impact to drivers in the end will cost everyone more at the pump because we are not solving the problem of lack of supply because we're no longer energy independent. Oh, boy. Give me yeah, like a... Uh, Truth sucks. Yeah, I know. Well... What I want to do now is to be able to uh, have some some sort of a thing that will bring me back up a little bit, and uh, any, oh. I do like car fires. That that kind of excites me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that excites you. You're so funny. <laughs> well, who doesn't have rubberneck when a car's on fire? Everybody does. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, what do you got? All right, so we're going to talk about what's going on in salvage yards right now. So everyone knows about Teslas, and, and in the past, I'm going to go back in that time machine. Fisker had a car that came out. It was called the Fisker Karma. It was a cool car. It was gas and yeah. it was electric. And there was a company called Battery 123 that was supplying batteries. And they were catching fire. 
Oh boy. And this is a problem that we're seeing now with a lot of electric cars. So when you tell anyone who's pro-electric car, the first thing they say is, well, you know, regular gasoline cars catch fire too. Well, yeah, when they're like 20 years old and they're poorly maintained. But we're seeing brand new cars catching fire. So there was a Tesla that was parked in Northern California and it caught fire. And it took 4,500 gallons of water. To give you an idea, that's more than five fire trucks full. Oh, my gosh. Put the fire out. More than five fire trucks. That's, I mean, you've seen those fire trucks. They're huge. They carry 100 gallons of water that put out a house, right? Yeah. (laughs) They carry more than 100 gallons. They carry five of those to put one car out. So they carry, what is it? It must be 1,000 gallons of water each or something. I'm not a fire truck expert, I will admit. Yeah, I have no idea. Wow. (laughs) But 4,500 gallons. But think about it. That's a lot. So, I mean, what is Tesla saying? I mean, they don't really have a PR department, so they don't really usually answer. But what what are they saying? it's so weird. You know, they just won this thing that Cars.com put out about, oh, it's the most uh, American-built car ever, the Model 3, the Y, the S, and blah, blah, blah. Great. But the thing is, even if I was to go to, like, I go to Fox and Friends or something and put the cars out in the plaza, you can't even get, you can contact Tesla and say, hey, we'd love to bring one of your cars out. It's crooked. They have no PR department. They basically leave it to Elon to speak out. And right now, some of his fans, which were like, he's like the Pied Piper, have turned on him because he wants to buy Twitter. So this is really interesting to watch how they, they eat their own. It's just really interesting to watch. But um, so he, they're going to, guess, let him do the talking. And, you know, the SEC is probing. The National Highway Traffic Safety is probing. Department of Transportation is probing. But the bottom line is, if it takes that much water, you're right, it's a thousand, I just looked it up, it's a thousand gallons of water right. per fire truck. So that's five fire trucks worth to put this stupid car out. Right. And, and the, I mean, think of the crews. They're putting their lives in danger to put out a car. If you yeah. let it just keep burning, you'll probably take out the cars next to it, too. So you have to kind of be careful you're not hurting well, anyone. And I remember you and I talked about it, that sometimes they're in the wrecking yard, the salvage yard, and like a week later, they start fire again. Just on mm-hmm. their own. So it's like really That's strange. They, the, the fire department and the people that have to deal with this stuff just don't know what to do with it because it's right. just still kind of, uh, you know, all these new fangled batteries and things. And, and you know, it's, it's, right. a, well, it's still an cool. unknown. So the batteries are cooled with uh, ethylene glycol, which is coolant, uh, like you would have in your car. I get any vehicle, right? Right. So you think about coolant. So they got to keep these batteries cool. If they get hot, they can catch fire. So if one gets really hot, it triggers the next cell. So there's little cells, like little pockets. Right. So if you've got, you know, the long range model, plaid S, whatever. Right, right. You would have more of those little cells than you would if you just had a model three, you know, fuel efficient kind of thing. So, or electric efficient. So when you think about that, if, you know, and by the way, this car took 24 hours to put out, <laughs> according to a fire response. 24 hours. I don't think they would put that much effort oh in a house. You know, if your house is burning, at some point they're going to like, oh, geez, we're going to keep trying, but it won't be 24 hours. It's a loss. Oh this is gosh. more than a loss. This is There's nothing left. I'm looking at the pictures of, while we're talking. There's like nothing. Like burnt, dashboard. Yeah, burnt cinders. Uh, you guys can yeah. find out more about Lauren Fix. You can go to her website carcoachreports.com also uh, her social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that uh, at laurenfix.com we'll take a little break, come back and talk more with Lauren about what's going on in the automotive world my my gal friends are uh, really in the know when it comes to this stuff they dig a little deeper I think than us knucklehead guys sometimes stay with us, we'll be right back Brown, I go. 
tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Getting a new ride is fun. Shopping online for a new car? Not so much. Stop doing the same car search over and over again on multiple sites and try Autotempest.com. See all the cars with one easy search. Our powerful search engine scours all the top car shopping sites, giving you instant results so you can easily browse all the listings with one search. Whether a dream ride, a family hauler, or a work truck, let us help you find your next ride. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. My buddy Lauren Fix is on the line. You will see her on uh, Fox and Friends, on Fox News. You'll see her on the Weather Channel. You see her on the, you know, the financial news channels. You see her all over the place. She's very prolific when it comes to creating content around cars. And uh, But uh, you do a lot of financial uh, news stuff too, don't you, Lauren? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, I talk about interest rates and car insurance. And all right, I got a question for you. I got a question. Going up. So I, I know, right? I waited six months to get this Jeep, and it's finally here. And they're like, so how are you going to pay for it? I'm like, um, I don't know. So the question is, lease, buy, pay cash, you know, finance. I mean, what do you think? I mean, in the, in the world of finance right now, the interest rates are going up. Am I still okay? I mean, can I still get a decent rate somewhere? What do you think? You know, it's weird. You should be able to get incentives, right? You could say like, oh, if you buy this car, you'll get 0% right. financing or or you could have like $500 back and, you know, you do the math and see what works best for you and your family situation. Or, you know, if you lease, you can go out three years. They've been stretching leases out to five years and you have to be really careful. So let's wow. say you get a four-year or five-year lease. Right. Your warranty expires typically well, in most cars, three years, 36,000 miles. Right. And then in other cases, it's five years, like if you're driving a Volkswagen or something like that. But keep in mind, if you are leasing outside the warranty, you've got a problem because then you're leasing a vehicle that has no coverage, no protection from the manufacturer. Right. And, and, you know, I know people, oh, that's such an odd situation. Well, that's why you have insurance, same thing. But look at the interest rates. They're rising on car loans again. And remember, every time that... Fed Powell raises everything, you know, three quarters of a point like they did in June. They're going to do it again in July, August and September. They've already announced it. So you're looking at putting up like another three points by the fall. That's a lot. That's three percent for the people that really aren't into it. Three percent is a lot. So if you're buying a car and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to buy whatever car and I'm going to pay three hundred dollars a month. There's probably no $300 a month car payment. No, anymore. you know that, what? I, I was, I was talking uh, so, somebody I was talking, who was it? I was talking to, I think it was last week we were talking mm-hmm. about the average. Oh, it was, uh, I think it was uh, Brian Moody from auto trader. He said mm-hmm. that the average, maybe, I don't know, maybe the average, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but the typical car loan for a new vehicle these days is over $700. Now the payment, wow. 700. I know. That used wow. to be like, oh, you're getting a Mercedes, you're right, getting a, right. you know, a Range Rover or something, something really expensive. I know. It's crazy. It doesn't I mean, sound like that's the case. And the problem is you can't get cars. Look how, how many months did you wait for yours? Six. 
Yeah. That's a lot. I waited eight months for my truck. Yeah. It's you know, it's crazy. a dually. It's a dually. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, no one can make anything. And this is what's so funny. They're trying to like push us to electric car. You should get an electric car. Okay. Well, here's the problem. You can't get an electric car or a non-electric car. There's just nothing to buy. I just had a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee hybrid, a plug-in. They call it a PHEV, P-H-E-V. Right. They all have these three-letter acronyms. You and I live in the three-letter acronym so, world. Not me, and because I've got prefrontal, uh, what is it? Pre, I had a prefrontal lobotomy, so I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. That's so funny. But anyways, you know, as, as you think about this makes sense, it really doesn't because you really have to think about what to do. And my daughter was looking at a car and I said, if you can wait, there's no reason to sell. Now is the time to wait. Yeah. And she's like, well, you good money for my car. I said, true. But then what you're buying is going to be dramatically more. And you really need to think about that yeah. because well, the cost of the average loan payment is so high. And then in addition to that, your insurance is going to be higher. So if you had a $20,000 car and you were paying X amount on insurance and you said, well, I got a new car and it's costing me $28,000, but it's newer, safer, whatever, it's still going to cost you more in insurance because so, it's the replacement value. What do you think, though? I mean, uh, probably finance it maybe with a credit union or something and may still get a decent rate before it gets too out of control. I don't that's know what to do. Always use the credit union for sure. I yeah, agree. That's probably that's probably my route right now because, um, you know, even the uh, auto manufacturers don't really have great rates right now unless they want to really get rid of something. Yep. But Yeah, then you probably don't want it. That's it. <laughs> Lauren Fix, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's always fun talking with you. Um, thank you. Same here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You guys find her at uh, carcoachreports.com or at Lauren Fix on social media. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, Josh Hancock. I haven't talked to him in a while, old buddy. He's going to fill us in on what he's been doing. And Carl Brower from iccars.com is going to be on also. This is The Drive, and uh, got to get my new Jeep this weekend. I'm excited. We'll be right back. Shopping cars online is a hassle, or is it? You probably search this site, that site, browse here, search there. Who has the time or the patience? Autotempest.com is the Internet's best car shopping tool. With one easy search, see all the cars from the web's top car shopping sites all at once. Why browse some of the cars when Autotempest.com gives you everything? Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, you know what? Since the COVID happened a couple of years ago, there's been a lot of less of all that stuff going on. So now I'm just a car guy. Me and Josh Hancock. Joshcar.com. Josh is the guy that matches the car with the character in all things film and television in Hollywood and a whole lot more in Hollywood. Josh, where the heck have you been for the last couple of months? What is going on? 
It's on a need-to-know basis, Alan, but other than that, I am well. Uh Uh-huh. I saw you trolling around St. Bart's. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, yeah. there's not much of a car scene there, I'll tell you that. The roads are very tiny. Yeah. And um, you know what they do have that's very fun? They have the Moke, M-O-K-E. Oh, yeah. The Mini Moke, yep. And now they make the Mini Moke in pure electric. Oh, jeez. It's oh. sort of like the, the Myers Minx, you right, know? Right, They're right. They're going to make that in all electric. You know, I get it for things like that on an island, you know, where yeah. you're not going to go very far. I mean, I have a golf cart, for goodness sakes. I don't golf. I golf like once every five years, but I use it to do things on my property and go to the neighbor's house. And, you know, I mean, I, I get it. it. It makes sense. But I just don't want them shoved down my throat is the is the problem is they keep on, you know, like some of the car companies are saying, we're going to be all electric by 20, whatever, you know, who cares? Yeah. And I go, well, that's uh, sadly, I'll not buy a car from them because they've, they've decided for me that I have to go electric or not buy their product. Well, you decided for me that I will not buy your product because I might like to buy your product, but I'd like to have an option of a gasoline or a diesel engine or a hybrid. So, yeah. you know, but I get the electric thing. Like I said, I have a golf cart hey, that I love. You know, I got to say, Jim Farley's been, the, the, the CEO of Ford has been one of the only one that's been very reasonable about it. He's, he's like, look, it, it's a great application, but it doesn't work for the whole country. Yeah. We are not going to pledge that we're going to go full electric. We think we'll be building about 40% by 2030 based on customer demand. That's but even high. Yeah. The rancher in Oklahoma moving horses, there's no solution for that right now. Excuse you know? me. Excuse me. Why does he have to be in Oklahoma? What about me? I happen to be yeah. a rancher. What was I doing this morning? Putting Excuse in uh, corrals. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're getting the photos on that. Yeah, I got them. <laughs> we haven't seen any photos of you in your golf cart. Oh, well. Uh, all right. I'll post. I also want to say this, and this news came out, I think, today that. The European Union is pushing very, very hard. You know, we don't have that push from our government here, but it's the European Union that is actually pushing our hand in the United States. And Germany today refused to commit to not building internal combustion engines. They want them to commit by 2035. They'll be totally out of that, and they refused. Good for them. So I think we are going to see that, you know, yes. I mean, I think Mary Barra made a big mistake by coming out. She was trying to affect her stock price, and she, I was at SEMA when she came out a few years ago and said, oh, we're going to go pure electric by 2030, and everybody was like, what? Yeah. By the way, she did get a stock bump, but, uh, you know, it's just not realistic. Don't assume that everybody knows who Mary Barra is. That's the uh, CEO or the CEO of uh, No, she's chairman of the board, chairman of the board, I think. uh, Chairman of the board, really? Well, she's, I I don't. Look that up. All right, then. Look it up. We'll take a break. Goodness gracious. Uh, Josh is going to talk about some other interesting news on the electric vehicle front ford motor company made an announcement that's gonna shock you we'll be right back stay with us it's the drive 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Well, you're listening to The Drive All Across America. Thanks for listening. Uh, automotive news, not at its finest. It's marginal news at best, especially when it comes from me or or Josh. But it's something to talk about anyway, <laughs> Josh Hancock. Wait a minute. What kind of advertisement and promotion is this? It's the truth. Marginal news at its best. Automotive yeah, news. Here, great news here. By the way, Mary Barra is chair and chief executive officer of General Motors. Okay, so chairman and CEO. Okay, gotcha. She was actually elected... The and 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 I kind of had a hint that you were right that they moved her position, but they gave her the chairman of the board in January. Oh, yeah. So this- I I really I I have I mean I've always liked her, but because she comes from the car world, she was an engineer. Yeah. But I really dislike what she's done around electric and there's a big you know they're saying the rivalry between gm and ford is renewed because their their approaches to electric vehicles are very different well so they're they're really talking some guff between each other the uh i I noticed they're starting to show some uh early photos of the electric chevy blazer all electric uh, of which I still yeah. to this day wish they would not have called it a blazer. It's an SUV that looks like many other SUVs out there. I think the blazer, like the Bronco from Ford, should have been a unique standout vehicle that kind of really harkened back to the original uh, version of the blazer, like the Bronco. I, I, I agree, and, and they took the cheap route out. They shortened the Traverse and called it a blazer. Yeah. So, and in the meantime, Ford did what everybody wanted them to do right. with the Bronco. Right. And I wish that GM had done what they did in 1969, which is to take a half-ton pickup, shorten it, and put a fiberglass top on it like they did with the original K5 Blazer. Yeah. If uh, they did that, first off, the development cost is much cheaper than developing a new vehicle like Ford did. And they would sell a gazillion of them. Oh my gosh! They would they would not be able to ever stop building them because they would no. never stop selling them. And I um, just don't know why they did it. And now, so they've taken that version of the current Blazer. I have to say, it's better looking, but yeah. it's not. You know, it's not it's, true. It's to the too, name. Josh. It's too family friendly. And you know what? At a certain point. The guy or gal that buys a Bronco or a Blazer in that case would have been that more extreme lifestyle person, but they've missed out on the Blazer part of the equation because they made a family-friendly vehicle. And just because they wanted name recognition, Blazer. And I don't think you're going to blaze anything with that. All right, let's move on. 
because I've said this probably too many times, and I don't want General Motors to get pissed okay. off at me. No, like, look, it's gonna look. I, I have to say, I think the design is attractive, and they will sell vehicles. I understand why they did it. You and I happen to disagree on an enthusiast level. Hold on, General Motors on the phone. Hang on a second. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm trying to tell him to change the subject. I swear. Yeah. You know, I'm getting in trouble by General Motors because they're like, you keep doing it. I'm joking. I'm joking. They're still upset with me about calling out the Vega. So I have the Vega. Okay. Next, you said you had news about Ford and the Lightning, electric vehicles still on the table. So, uh, you know, what's interesting for a dealer right now is everyone's very critical of their markups, but if they sell you your Lightning at sticker and you buy it, you can turn around and mark it up. $20,000 $20,000 and sell it to your neighbor. Right. And they feel that's unfair for them. So Ford is going to allow them to do a no sale provision in the contracts. So if you go buy an F-150, the dealer can actually include in that contract that you cannot sell it for a one-year period. You want to hear something funny? I have a friend when the TRX came out. The uh, yeah. that's the Dodge or the Ram version yeah. of a Raptor truck. So it's called a TRX. They call it the T-Rex. And he says to me, uh, "Hey, can you help me get a T-Rex, one of the launch editions?" And I go, "What do you want one of those for?" He goes, "I'm going to sell it." And I said, "It's going to be like ninety grand. What are you going to mark it up? It's going to be a hundred thousand bucks." This was you know two years ago. Anyway, so he ended up ordering one and uh i I helped him you know at least get through to the right people and he ordered one and he got it it came in he goes you want to go on halves with me and i'm looking at ninety two thousand dollars for a pickup truck half ton you know big v8 engine and everything it's a nice i mean it's awesome truck don't get me wrong but ninety two thousand dollars i said hell no and so he laughed at me he said okay he goes i'm just gonna buy it i'm just gonna finance it he financed it. He drove it for, I don't know, I don't know, it's probably a month, and he sold it for $125,000. Who is yeah. the fool? So what you're saying is, and so think about it now, he got to enjoy that truck for the first 1,000 or 2,000 miles and then make 92, 102, 112, 122, $33,000. Anyway, let me take a break. Uh, I mean, I don't know what's fair there, really. I, you know what? I don't think it's right that they do that. I think personally, they should just build the living heck out of them and flood the market with them. And the problem is they can't because they can't get the stuff. Hang on, we'll take a break and talk more on the other side. It is the drive. Lost in the sea. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com slash wilderness 
Yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Josh Hancock joining us and uh, joshcar.com on the web. He's at Josh Carr on his Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Josh Carr Inc. on Instagram. Uh, the guy that matches the car with the character in all things film and television. I know he's going to get to a movie sooner or later. Uh, but right now, Josh, I want to tell you, so my friend that bought the TRX truck, because we're talking about that Ford is going to put kind of some sort of a no-sale agreement together when you buy the new right. Lightning, he has yeah. gone on. I think he's bought from other people and sold like six or eight other TRX trucks. So I, I thought, okay, that was a fluke. You got one hundred twenty-five grand for a TRX. He right. ended up buying one in Oklahoma for like a hundred and ten. Sold it for one hundred and twenty-five because he had one truck for sale, and he had all these people that wanted to buy it. So he says, "I'll find you one," because he's that's the business he's in. He sold like at least six or eight of these trucks at one hundred twenty-five thousand bucks each. Now you're saying if Ford Motor Company keeps the dealers from doing a horrible, nasty dealer markup, because I think anything over ten grand is ridiculous. I get it. There's a market adjustment, right? I get that. But what I saw one the other day, Josh, on a Ford Lightning. It was $69,000, and it had a $69,000 markup. That <laughs> is wrong. That's double the price. It's wrong. It's, it just, is. Yeah, it's wrong. Um, I mean, I listen to both sides on this. You know, if you and, and, and this Jaguar Land Rover dealer came to me, and he said, look, we sell 100 vehicles a month. Next month, I'm going to get 15 vehicles. So I'm going to put on a market adjustment that equals out on each vehicle that would equal out my income if I had the 100 vehicles because I need to stay in business and pay my employees. And to a certain extent, I understand that. And if they could show that evidence to people as they were buying a vehicle and saying, I'm getting 10 trucks instead of 50, so there is this markup because of that reason – that would be fine. But it's being abused. The $69,000 on a $69,000 truck is abuse. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's wrong. You're right. You're correct that it is wrong. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and it's not an easy issue for the reasons that I'm bringing up. So what are your thoughts on additional dealer markup anyway with car manufacturers and their Well, I've always thought it was a terrible idea, and I always think that it comes back to haunt them. I think so, we too. We haven't quite ever had this situation before where they can't get cars in general, but in, in other times when you have specific vehicles, remember the PT Cruiser, which was not a fancy car, was getting five and $10,000 over sticker. People regret that now. <laughs> but, but ultimately, you know, what happened in that market was you paid the 10 or 15 over. You, you lost that money big time because you had to have the car. Yeah. And I think it's, it does a disservice to the public and the dealership to try. I think that's gouging at the time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All it's right, well. a little bit different, but, I, but if you want to make it different to make the difference between what you're not getting, then, okay, I'll listen to some of that. And if the adjustment is two to $3,000 a vehicle, okay, there's some merit to that. Right. But when it's, and like you said, anything over $10,000, we're not getting into justified markup. 
All right, you got three minutes. I know you got to have some movie you're working on. Well, know about. I do want to say yes. that they are currently filming a next edition of Mad Max in Australia. Oh, really? And it's actually going to be the the prequel to the last one. So it's going to explain a lot about those. Now, I thought the last movie was great. <laughs> It was just cars on the screen for 85% of the movie, you know? And the cars that they built were just extraordinary. And it looks like they're doing the same thing right now, filming in, once again, Australia. The question is, is is Mel Gibson going to be in it? Is he going to (laughs) be... No, and he hasn't been for the last three. I, I you know what though? Think about it. How cool would that be to come back as like the overlord father of of uh, of Mad Max? You know, Mad yeah. M- Mad uh, Jimmy, whatever, whatever they have to call him. <laughs> <laughs> that was creative. Or very. Uh, there is a weekend. I have discovered there is a weekend in Los Angeles called the Wasteland Weekend, and if you Go and look at uh, Google Wasteland Weekend in Los Angeles. It's in uh, something like Edwards, California, but it looks like the set of Mad Max. Everybody dresses. They've all got the cars. That's it's funny. insane, but that shows you the fan base for that film. Well, you know, and with what's going on with the price of gas, think about it. You're probably going to see, listen, when you see an oil tanker going down the road, you know, I mean, you could. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to give any ideas, but that's a lot of money. <laughs> to see that next piece of equipment in Allen. <laughs> I know. No, I Give had to. Hey, you bought full. I had to buy uh, a 650 gallon gas tank. You know what it costs to fill up 650 gallons of diesel fuel, even the red diesel fuel. Let me just tell you, thirty five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! I'm playing. I Here comes the a yacht fill up in St. Bart, and it was seventy-eight hundred dollars. Oh my god, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a gallon. Josh Hancock, thank you, brother. Thank you, Alan. All righty, JoshCar.com and uh, movies everywhere. We'll see you back uh, when you come back around again. Uh, it is the drive. We'll be right back. Shopping for cars online is slow. Checking all those different sites one by one, Auto Tempest doesn't like slow. That's why we sponsor NASCAR driver Chris Busher in the number 17 Ford Mustang. It's also why we created a powerful search engine that will scour all the top car shopping sites, letting you search used car listings from across the internet in one search. Why waste time searching each site separately? Use Auto Tempest instead. Find all the cars. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Hello, everybody out there in radio land. Thank you for listening. Whether it be podcast land or radio land, I don't care. But thank you for listening either way. Um, joining us now is Carl Brower. And Carl's been on the show for years now. He's a, he's a juror and a board member of the North American Car and Truck of the Year. So the automakers love the living tar out of him. And you don't want to see when the tar comes out of him. It's not a good thing. 
But uh, he's also a, a contributor to Forbes Autos and uh, Auto Industry uh, Analyst. And uh, he's an executive analyst for iccars.com. Carl, as you may have heard us talking a little bit uh, here recently about this thing with the Ford Lightning pickup truck, you have a Ford GT. So a Ford GT, when you buy a Ford GT, they made you sign something saying you would not sell it. Is that correct? 100% correct. Not allowed to sell for two years after I got it. And you felt okay signing that? I felt fine signing that. To me, the only person who wouldn't sign that for any vehicle they buy is someone who is buying the vehicle purely to flip it for profit. And if that's your business model, that's how you make money, knock yourself out, go do it. Right. And if you're forward selling cars and you don't want people doing it with your car, knock yourself out with coming up with a contract that you make someone sign. <laughs> and by the way, real quick, yeah. a lot of people love to throw, this is America, man. You can't tell people what to do with their own property once they buy it. Yeah. It's like, well, actually you probably should study just even like the tiny tip of the iceberg of contract law because that's exactly what contract law is. It's telling people how to live their life based on a contract they signed. That's so, right. That's uh, right. John Cena and all the other people that tried to flip their cars, you know, and they're, they're Americans, man, doing what they want with their thing. <laughs> no, they're actually lawbreakers. They signed a contract and then they didn't live up to it. So glad Ford sued them and won. Yeah. So to your point, this is America. And if you sign an agreement saying you will not do something and you do it, you can get sued. That's all there is to it. So it boils down to this. Yep. If you want a Ford Lightning, just like Carl wanted a Ford GT with everything in his heart, and, and he got one, he signed an agreement not to sell it. I signed one of these agreements when I bought my Demon, as probably did you, right? Yep. Dodge yep. Demon. I sold mine. I had to keep it 18 months. I sold it after 18 months. I, I thought, all right, well, I've had fun with it, and I'm going to set it free. I did make money on it, thank God. I paid window sticker for the bloody car, or close to it anyway. But the point is, the cars went up in value and are still probably worth more, wouldn't you say, over window sticker? And that's a 2018 car, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have any kind of, you know, clean condition, low mileage, and by low mileage, I don't mean 100 or 200 miles. I mean like under 10,000 miles right. on a Dodge Demon you're going to get your MSRP plus back out yeah, of it right, right now. Right. So it boils down to this. If you want one, then you buy one. And if Ford decides to do that and you have to sign it, then you better plan on keeping it or at least keeping it for the 18 months or two years or whatever they make you keep it, whatever they prohibit you from selling it. Or you can just go buy one on the open market for one and a half times the window sticker price kind of a thing. So you're absolutely right. You're actually making the right point now. So I won't beat that dead horse. I just think it's funny that we're in a place in the world where <laughs> where things are so popular that, uh, you know, it's just, it's just weird. But my question is that, you know, again, I don't want to be told whether I have to buy an electric car or a diesel or a gas. And I think that by a lot of these automakers announcing that they're only going to make electric vehicles – is forcing us to not buy their car, their vehicle, kind of by the fact that they're eliminating their internal combustion engines. I think it's a huge mistake, and I'm just curious what you think. I think it is, and I think, again, we don't have one option. I don't know about anyone else, but I know that I don't have one tool in my toolbox 
I have a bunch of tools and right. half the time I'm spending money adding more to it. And that's because you need the right tool for the right job, as people like to say. And that goes for drivetrains too. Okay. There is not a one size fits all drivetrain. Some people need to drive like multi-ton trucks, you know, up to three trailers towing behind them, which always scare me when I see them on the three with one. But, yeah, you know, going across the country with a whole lot of cargo. Some people walk to work half a mile. Some people ride a mini bike, you know, or, a, or an electric bike to work a mile and a half. Some people commute five miles and an electric car would work perfectly. And there's a whole bunch of people in between those two extremes. Right. And to say that we got one drivetrain and everyone must abide by this drivetrain is really just foolish. I don't know why you would do that. You yeah. know, yeah. I'm giving you one screwdriver. That's all you, everything you got to do to fix your house and your cars. You get one screw, screwdriver car and that's it. Yeah. Why would you do that when you well, have more options? The, so, the reason, uh, the reason that's, why that's I'm, I'm trying to say to the people that are listening, and, and we do have a lot of auto manufacturers that listen to this show, and I know it because they, they comment and they send me notes, personal notes. I think it's a big mistake to tell the world that we are going to be an all-electric car company by this date. I think it's a mistake, a big mistake, and it makes me a little bit frustrated, the fact that, you know, maybe someday I would like to own XYZ automobile, but not in an electric form. I would like to buy kind of what they're making today. The best of all worlds. I mean, you have the Ford GT with a V6 twin turbo engine that makes like, what, 600 horsepower, whatever it is. It's fantastic. You know? Why would I want to, right. in, in six or seven years, buy an electric car when I... I feel like, no, I don't want range anxiety ever in my life. I don't want anxiety in my life. And I think that there'll always be, for the next 25 years, a lack of infrastructure to properly, and a lack of, I think, battery and battery power to properly give a guy like me the ability to drive all night long, you know, or 10 hours or so, the way I like to drive, to get from point A to point B. I can't do that. I can't make that 10-minute you know, uh, get gas, stop and, and take a pee and, and get back in my car and keep going. I just think that it's just uh, it's a mistake. It's a big mistake. And I wanted to make sure I got that out there loud and clear for the automakers. Big mistake. Big mistake. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to hear cynical Carl rise up, happens once in a while, hardly ever, but everyone. <laughs> it's the same ones who are saying, you know, we're going to do this by 2040 and all. And there are going to be no internal combustion cars allowed in France. 2040 or whatever, you know, number and time frame they gave. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to be around holding anyone accountable for that? You're okay? right. Nobody. Yep. You're so, right. So it's all just a lot of political and, and uh, virtue signaling crap, in my yeah. opinion, from yeah. a lot of these companies. You know, well, and that's nobody the bad knows part. what's going on in, in seven years. And they certainly don't know what's going on in 17 years, you know, f from now. And anyone who says they do, no, 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 this is what was going to be going on by 2030. Yeah, shut up. You don't have no idea what's going on in 2030. Right. How many people a year ago knew that the stock market would be where it is today? That a whole lot of them wish they would have because yeah. they would have done some different investing and all. And that was one year ago. Right. Nobody, nobody saw this coming. Yeah. So, or at least hardly anyone acted on it. So, anyways, yeah. we can all say what we're going to do, whether we're an individual or we're a leader of France or we're the leader of a car company. 
I, I would love it if automotive journalists and all journalists were a little more uh, diligent in their jobs and actually screamed at these people. Hey, I guess you lied. That's what I'm or, doing right now. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. Knock it off. Knock it off, yeah. car makers. Just let's just deal with reality right now. We're gonna take a break. Carl's gonna talk about the greatest invention ever in the auto industry after this. Stay with us. Why should you trust Brembo Brakes? Because 60 years of racing, testing, braking, and bettering. Because dogs in the road, indecisive squirrels, and that kid chasing the lost ball. Because tiny humans in the back seat and blind turns in front of you. Because every car should be equipped with the same kind of performance, safety, and comfort that manufacturers and professional drivers trust every day. Visit buybrimbo.com and learn more about the most trusted brakes in braking. Well, you're listening to The Drive. I'm Alan Taylor. Carl Brower joining us. Uh, iccars.com. Carl says that he's uh, he really thinks that this is the greatest invention ever. And... Uh, I tend to agree because I have been, you and I, you know, we're, we're similar in the, the, the stuff we buy and the, the, the way we think. And I think a lot of us in this world are actually, you know, similar in many ways. Like a lot of people are going, what? You're only going to make electric cars? Well, I guess I'm not going to be buying one of those. It's like give people choices. People want choices. So, Carl. ICcars.com. What is the greatest invention ever, in your opinion, of the auto industry? Well, real quick, back to the tool idea, right? We have tools, and the idea is we want as many tools as we can have in our toolbox to solve as many problems as possible. And my favorite tools are the ones that are individual tools that can do a bunch, where if you had to pick just one technically tool, but the tool is a Swiss Army knife. How much can you get done with one tool if the one tool is a Swiss Army knife? A lot. You know, yeah. you can start a fire with a magnifying glass, you can file your nails, you can do all sorts of things, you can cut things. So I like vehicles and I like models that do as many things as possible and do them all well. And thus the greatest invention that's taking all the current technology and putting it in one thing is the plug in hybrid. And I feel bad because I feel like plug-in hybrid is kind of like minivan, which, by the way, is another great vehicle. These are not yeah. the coolest sounding vehicles. You say plug-in hybrid, you say minivan. I can't wait till there, there is actually is a plug-in hybrid minivan. It's the Chrysler Pacifica, and that's yeah. a damn good vehicle. And my daughter but, has one, and she loves it, just so you know. They're, they're fabulous. Yep. They're fabulous. But here's the deal. If you do want to cut your carbon emissions, and if you hate the price of gas, and if you've got a vehicle that will go – 50 plus miles without needing any fuel, then a large chunk of the time that you're driving your car for a large chunk of humans on the planet, you are driving an electric car. You are never utilizing a drop of gas because that 50 miles gets your daily uses solved without an issue. And if you need to go more than 50 miles, either at the drop of the hat or as a fully planned thing, the engine kicks on and you keep going. Right. With no range anxiety, as you just were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I was in the Polestar 1 this past weekend, the premium electric division of Volvo. It's this new Polestar division. They're coming out with three new cars in the next three years. So it's pretty cool. But their first vehicle, their halo vehicle, is not an electric car. It's a plug-in hybrid. It's the uh, Polestar 1. And it's actually about to go out of production, which is kind of a bummer. But 
this car will go 70 miles on pure electricity with a full battery before it dips into a 300 plus mile gasoline range. When you look down at the gauge cluster and you see 70 miles battery and 340 miles gasoline, you start to have the antithesis of range anxiety. You're like, man, I I think I'm going to go to, I don't know, Texas, because I can pretty much get there without stopping for fuel from California. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I don't know why car companies are throwing this battery electric vehicle, BEVs as they're called, but these pure electric vehicles down our throat, they're shoving them down our throat, claiming they're going to go all electric when you have these fabulous plug-in hybrid options out there that solve all the problems top to bottom in one single vehicle. So uh, so anyways, I'm a huge fan. I agree. So you said that the uh, plug-in hybrid is the greatest invention ever for the auto industry. And I, I agree. I mean, there's obviously many, many, many inventions that are great, but this one is... It makes your vehicle a Swiss Army knife because you can do so many different things in it. My daughter, she got almost, it was 995 miles out of her first tank of gas because all she did was around town driving. And every time she'd go somewhere, she'd plug it in. She'd come to my house. They have a plug at my house to where they leave the little adapter thing. And whenever she comes to my house, it's like, uh, I don't know, was it maybe 12 or 14 miles to my house? She plugs in at my house, even though she can do a round trip. But she is a hypermiler now because of that. She wants to get all that free mileage, you might say, using my electricity when she comes to visit. But she said, Dad, you know what? I am never going to buy another vehicle as long as I live that isn't a plug-in hybrid. It's the greatest thing in the whole world. And she has a 2021 Chrysler Pacifica Pinnacle, which is the top-of-the-line little minivan and I'm telling you what, what a nice machine. Unbelievable nice machine. So I agree with I you. I mean, that, that, that might know. be the Swiss Army knife, the Swiss Army knives. Right. right there. Between yeah. the, case, the breadth of what you can do with a minivan and the breadth of what you can do with a plug-in hybrid all in one frame, all yeah. in one chassis. Well, and, you know, uh, she's got two kids and it's got the full entertainment systems and comfort. And you think you're riding in a, a Bentley inside when you're sitting in those seats. Um, we're going to take another break. When we come back, there is a uh, battle going on. We'll talk about this between Wrangler, Bronco, and I'm going to add one more because we talked about it earlier, Blazer. Ah, We'll talk about that. Wrangler, Bronco, and Blazer. A battle going on. Stay with us. Never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. I think I have to have my announcer change that. I don't know how much of an expert I am anymore because I, I find myself disagreeing with the experts. What the hell is an expert anymore? 
Well, I can tell you, I have one friend who I do believe is an expert. You know why? Because he and I agree <laughs> on most of these things. Carl Brower, uh, executive analyst and automotive industry expert for iccars.com. Carl, I, I don't know. We live in such a screwed up world these days. And the word expert anymore, it gets used too often in this world, you know? Ay, 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 ay. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, a lot of self-badged experts. Yeah, so. for sure. It's like, I, it's like I always say, though, Alan, I hate people who claim to be perfect. They annoy the hell out of us, mostly because they diminish those of us who really are perfect. Uh, absolutely. I, it really annoys me when those uh, people It pisses do that. me anyway, off, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you sent me a note that says, Wrangler versus Bronco, who's losing this new battle? And I've added Blazer. Because, of course, you know, here we are talking about electric cars and hybrid cars and what have you. But the new newest version of the Blazer is going to be available. And I don't know if it's available in only electric, but it's going to be available in electric. I think the Blazer is a miss. If there's hits and misses, the Bronco's a hit. The Wrangler's a hit. The Blazer is a miss. I think they should have made a vehicle that was more for an extreme lifestyle instead of catering to the family, which I get it. I have a family. I get it. But I think this particular nameplate was more of a gentleman's vehicle. If I could say this is an old word, you know, it's a gentleman's truck, you know, a gentleman's. It's like the rancher. And I I have a ranch. So I, I have cows and I would drive a blazer, but not the one they're making today. And I had a blazer. I would drive a Bronco. I would drive a Wrangler. I wouldn't drive the blazer they're driving today. And I consider myself a gentleman most of the time. But uh, it's too much of a family vehicle, and I think it's a miss. But So I think they're losing the battle. Now, let's narrow it down. Wrangler versus Bronco, who is losing this battle? Let's try and narrow this down. It's fascinating that you're talking about this because we're going to point out how much of an opportunity blazer did miss because they did miss. Yeah. The battle between Bronco and Wrangler is adding up to a complete loss for neither of them. They're both kicking ass. <laughs> okay. uh, a lot of people assumed that with a Wrangler Challenger coming out so clearly directed right at the heart of the Wrangler audience called the Ford Bronco, the new Ford Bronco, there'd be a battle and the Wrangler might finally have some competition and get some market uh, shrinkage. Well, what has happened is both of them are selling like hotcakes. Wrangler has not lost any sales, but Bronco is going through the roof. What does that mean, Alan? It means that instead of fighting over the same size pie, the Bronco has just made the pie larger. It's just converting Brilliant. more people that weren't yeah. extreme off-road fans into extreme off-road fans. It's bringing more to that, that marketplace versus fighting over a limited level of marketplace that uh, was assumed when the, when the Bronco was first coming out and that the Wrangler would be in trouble. So that proves that, by the way, if they'd done what you suggested, if the Blazer had lived up to its history and a new extremely off-road capable Blazer versus a Chevy Equinox 2.0, had come out, they probably would have further added to that pie and uh, grown that marketplace and done really well and had a lot of enthusiast Blazer fans from the past jumping on the car. So it's too bad GM wanted to basically do another you know, high-riding station wagon, which is, let's be honest, what most of these unibody SUVs are, right. which is fine. They sell a lot of those. You can't really you know, swing a dead cat without hitting one, and most of them sell really well. <laughs> but it doesn't set you apart at all, and it right. certainly doesn't make any waves in, uh, in brand image like the Broncos doing for Ford and the Wrangler has been doing for uh, now Stellantis, previously FCA, previously Chrysler, previously American Motors. Yeah. You know, everyone keeps that Wrangler going exactly as it's been since World War II. Why? Because 
it's got a huge following and everyone loves it. All right. Well, here's my opinion on this. Remember the movie with John Travolta, Urban Cowboy? Yes. Right. And so I remember thinking to myself, you know, when I was about the age of that movie, when it came out, I thought, look at old John Travolta dancing. He's got the cowboy thing going on. And maybe he wasn't really a cowboy, but he wanted to look the part. So I think in the car world these days, these extreme lifestyle vehicles like the Bronco and the Wrangler, people that are driving them don't even live that life. They don't even go off-road. It's fashion. It's like urban cowboy. And I think that's fine. If they want to drive a car that looks like it can climb a tree and they never do it, who cares? Let them spend their money how they want. And that's why I think Blazer blew it. So, um, but Agreed. you're right. You know, the Agreed. Wrangler and the Bronco both kicking ass, and they expanded that whole thing. Uh, you know, great job, Carl. All right. ICcars.com is where you can find all kinds of information. Carl works with those folks. Carl, thank you, brother. Always fun being on with you, Alan. You have a great day. Thank you. Uh, that's it for me this week, everybody. Uh, I'm going to go out and have some fun. I hope you do too. See you next week. I don't care about spots on my apples. Leave me the birds and the bees. Discover the all-new 2022 Subaru Forester Wilderness, the second member of the Subaru Wilderness family. Featuring 9.2 inches of ground clearance, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and all-terrain tires for increased off-road capability, plus a design that's bold and protective at the same time. The Forester Wilderness unlocks a whole new level of adventure. Discover more at Subaru.com wilderness.